0: Hey guys, how's it going? Hope you're all doing well. Welcome back to another episode of Blockchain and Beyond. As always, I'm your host Razan. On today's episode, it's going to be a little bit different. We're going to be talking about Estonia and that might seem a bit weird, but I'll, I'll get into it. So basically, Estonia has a key focus on cyber security on a national level infrastructure and they've deployed quite a lot of systems to actually help ensure this so they've got a particular focus on cybersecurity by design, which is especially more important nowadays as we go more and more digital. And they've actually implemented three main systems to help uh, implement this. And these are Electronic ID, Road, and the KSI blockchain. So I'll be going through all three of these, uh, talking about, a bit about what they do and how they all kind of fit into it. And we're going to start with probably the most simplest one to work with, which is going to be EID. So EID is short for Electronic Identification, and it is mandatory for all Estonian citizens and residents who are over the age of 15, but anyone in the country can actually apply for it. And this is effectively legal documentation that people must carry with them at all times, and It can be used to verify the identity, whether that's in person or whether that's uh, using online services. And how it works is it uses a public key infrastructure where the keys are stored physically on the card. And these are protected by pin codes only known to the user. So an extension of this is that these uh, Estonian digital signatures are actually seen by the EU as to be equal to signatures provided in writing. So that means anything you sign with your digital identity is actually equivalent to anything you actually sign by hand on paper. And this is because Estonia is compliant with the EU's EIDAS regulation. And this even goes a step further, as these signatures are readable by electronic systems. So this actually ends up streamlining a lot of the paper-based bureaucracy that many countries face whether that's with applications or passports or anything and um, it can streamline a lot of the work and makes it a lot simpler and there's a statistic that every I think three or four minutes they save I think it was about 200 hours of like work uh, being done by filling out these paper forms which is quite an impressive number Um, and They've, they've gone quite extensive with this. And by that, there's quite a lot of alternatives. So first, they have ID. Uh, so from my understanding, this is more for online operations. So you can sign stuff online, as most devices will actually have a way for you to scan your physical card and then use it online. So this provides a digital interface. And there's also the mobile ID, which is similar to the physical card, but with data stored on the user's mobile phone. And what I really found interesting about these electronic IDs is that they've actually integrated all of the country's services into them. So these electronic IDs are used for voting, they're used for tax and banking, meaning all of your tax and banking work can be done all online, all digitally, and this even includes registration of new businesses. Um, And the key part being that all of this information is actually tied to your identity, Um that the government actually holds which means everything is more or less in one place when you need it and the EIDs also work for health records and prescriptions so any prescriptions you get from the doctor will be assigned to your digital identity or uh, which you can then take to the pharmacy they will scan your card and then they will be able to dispense your medication it can also be used by medical professionals such as ambulance crews who arrive on the scene of an emergency to check if any of the patients they are treating have any uh, particular allergies or intolerances. And this is actually quite useful because a lot of the time, most people may not carry any documentation to signify that they may be intolerant to certain medications or certain chemicals. And that's pretty much it to do with the EIDs. And now the next part is something called X-Road. So Estonia doesn't have a central repository of data, Rather, all data is stored where it is created with each agency managing its own data. But all the problem being that all different government bodies actually require information from all other government agencies. So, for example, the police may require information from the population registers, or insurance companies may require information held by the medical registers. So, Estonia's solution to this is something called XROAD which is a data exchange platform focusing on confidentiality, integrity, and availability, which are the fundamentals of cybersecurity. And what this platform or standardization allows systems to do is basically be integrated a lot more smoothly. For example, when a child is born, the hospital directly sends this information to the population register, which updates any information they need to. And then they can immediately pass it on to the insurance registers to ensure that the child has proper healthcare from the day they are born. And this essentially saves time and the creation of unnecessary data as data is created in one place and passed forward to other relevant parties as opposed to creating a new set of data for each agency. And since 2001, XRoad has been working without any downtime, which is quite impressive. And this XRod platform actually integrates quite well into the blockchain technology which they're using, which I guess I'll get into now. So this blockchain is known as KSI Blockchain, and it was founded by a company called Guardtime Guard Time in 2007. And in 2017, it was one of the largest blockchain companies by revenue, headcount and customers. And it's effectively created one of the world's first massively scalable Real time authentication and integrity solution that handles more or less any type of digital asset. So, Guardtime invented KSI, which allows any type of electronic activity to be verified using only a uh, formal mathematical method. So, you're only using certain mathematical functions without the need for any trusted insiders or keys, which I think is quite interesting. And I'll have to look a bit more into how it actually works. And it's actually been in production since 2009, proving that it's you know it's had a lot of time to actually prove itself and actually mature as as a service. And it provides the the key fundamentals of trust and integrity required for especially smaller countries or countries coming into their data economies to actually flourish. And Guardtime's technology has actually been used across a variety of United States and uh, EU. A government and federal agency platforms alongside the work that they're doing in Estonia and its integration with Estonia is going quite well so Estonia have actually integrated over 1000 different citizen e-services and within Estonia the testing of this technology actually started in 2008 and went live in 2012 making Estonia some of the most I guess, the, the forerunner of, of this technology, especially on a global and national level. And in many ways, Estonia has kind of led the way for the EU in terms of the digital single market revolution, um, especially recently when it's come to do with GDPR, as Estonia were actually GDPR compliant before GDPR actually came into effect and the EU may have actually taken some inspiration from Estonia when actually building out the GDPR regulation that we see in our day-to-day lives now and even before GDPR Estonia put a lot of emphasis on personal data as through their personal data protection act in 2008 a lot of the citizens actually became uh, comfortable with the government holding their data and actually trusted the government that their data has Held with integrity on the government systems uh, because all of the work that they are doing actually gets logged onto the KSI blockchain. And yeah, on a bit more of a technical level, the KSI blockchain relies on hash function cryptography, which allows verification to be done based on the natural security of hash functions. And this part is something that I don't really understand. But it's along the lines of all data is given a keyless signature which functions as an attribute and can be used to verify the time of creation, identity of the creator and the integrity of the data without any involvement of keys, secrets and certificates or without data leaving the premises. So I'm pretty sure this is where, you know, the proprietary technology really comes into play. And I I would really like to learn how this technology actually works or what they do differently compared to other um, blockchains. And while we're on, I guess, the subject of blockchains and distributed data and cybersecurity, So Estonia has actually developed this concept of data embassies. So these are servers outside of the country which are legally under Estonian jurisdiction. Basically, digital copies of key databases will be stored here and they can be accessed in the event of a major data incident in the country. And the data embassy is an extension of the Estonian government cloud, meaning that the Estonian uh, state actually owns the server resources outside of its borders And these aren't just used for data backups, but also for operating critical services. And this is kind of in line with, for example, um, different countries' embassies, where the, the embassy, or in this case, the servers, are actually considered sovereign embassies in these foreign data centers. So it goes to show that Estonia have actually put in quite a lot of thought and work into actually protecting their data and, you know, uh, decentralizing where their data is stored across many different countries in, you know, specifically created data centers, even. And yeah, that mostly covers everything that I wanted to. And um, before I wrap up, there was one thing that I took from one of the, the videos uh, from Estonia's government as I was uh, researching. And it's to guarantee cybersecurity, legislation and technology must be constantly updated. International relationships must be promoted. And relations with citizens must be based on trust that the government will act in their favour. And that quite, that struck me quite hard um, because I think, you know, a lot of governments around the world could probably take something from Estonia's book and begin to apply it more domestically, especially when it comes to taking care of the data that they hold of their citizens and yeah but yeah that's all from me um hope you guys enjoyed this episode it was a little bit different and but also quite cool seeing that you know estonia has been doing this since 2007 so they are you know one of the pioneers of this technology and yeah it'll be cool to see what other countries might pick it up you know in the future or what other use cases they'll come up with um but yeah until next time goodbye